Welcome back to It's Literally Fine podcast. As many of you have learned, last week my co-host Maria Papadakis decided to step down from It's Literally Fine podcast for the remainder of the season. Maria and I had a great run and shared so many memories. She appreciates everyone's support along the way and the podcast will not be the same without her. But with that being said, the show must go on. I hope you'll follow along for the rest of the journey, but if not, you know what we always say, it's literally fine. Welcome back to It's Literally Fine podcast. I'm your host, Emily Savard, and this episode is sponsored by the GCC, eco-friendly cannabis accessories for those with a high aesthetic, made by hand in Canada and 100% plastic-free. You can find their elevated eco-session wear on Instagram at the GCC shop. But today... We have a special guest. We're talking all about entrepreneurship and starting your own brand and your own label kind of thing. We have Natalie Cervello here, co-founder of Unlabeled LTD. Thanks for coming on the show, Natalie. No problem. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? How'd you start? Where'd you grow up? That kind of thing. Okay, so grew up in Toronto. Um, How did I start? So I guess fashion's just always been a part of who I am. Being bullied, it was kind of the like my scapegoat like it was like what I would do go home read Vogue it was right from like very little right so even with my mom it was her like pull me out of school take me to the mall it's yeah. always been a form of therapy before I think it became retail therapy okay. so growing up it was just my go-to I always wanted to be different and I think that kind of escalated into why the bullying continued so yeah. I just became more and more entrenched in fashion but yeah from there I actually went into a business degree at Ryerson okay I guess just from influences around me, what my friends were doing, what my parents wanted me to do. Right. After a year in, my mom was kind of like, you can't do this. You are struggling. Right. Not even like academically. It was more so mentally. Like I was probably at my lowest point then. It's a really hard program. Too. Yeah. It wasn't even that. It was the fact that like I hated it. Like, yeah. Not to be like sound so negative. No, it's I was fine. so unappreciative that I was even in school, that I would have had this opportunity. And like sitting back now, I realize like how like selfish it was but anyways from there I ended up transferring into fashion I would say two weeks after applications were due um so I was like I'm just gonna go for it if I don't get it then I'm taking a year off and I'm gonna figure it out but ended up being a week before school started it was like August okay so like right when yeah literally like the Thursday before I got a call and they're like wait you're you're at the top of the wait list. You want the spot. You start Tuesday. Dang, that's and awesome. And I was like, if that's not the universe, like even now I'm yeah, like getting goosebumps weird, thinking right? about it because I literally remember my parents sitting me down in August saying, you have to work if you're going to take the year off. Right. Like, what are you going to do? You have to do something. Right. My dad's trying to give me a job in his office, going back and forth. I get that call that Thursday night and I was like, like fate. this is meant to be. Yeah. And then from there, everything like just kind of snowballed, right? So yeah. like from there jumped on an exchange, did an editorial branding minor in Amsterdam, wow, lived there seven so months. Cool. While I was there, I was still building Unlabeled because I guess Unlabeled started for my thesis. It was actually a book okay. first okay. and then came back and it just one thing happened after another. That is so cool. So what you said inspiring as in like retail therapy and like the bullying mm-hmm. kind of projected you into um, what you want to do. So how did you start Unlabeled? Like how did you said it started as a book? What, how did it escalate from the book to like a real life brand that's like super successful now? Okay. So when I had to think about a topic for my thesis, I wanted it to be something that one affected me personally so that I would put everything into it. 
Two, I want, my goal, even when I applied to fashion, was to change the industry. And I had to look at what areas of the industry were either was a lack of or where that affected so many people. Right. So I did a lot of research. And then when I sat back and I think it was like literally watching the Victoria's Secret fashion, and I was like, wow, I'm like, I've always like hated my body. And that's one thing I was like, since I was little, like since like at the age of 10, I would literally like, that's grade four, grade four, you're you're 10, you're in grade four. I remember being hard on my body. I was 10 years old. From that, I remember being 13 and I'm joining the cross country in grade eight because I needed to, in my head as a 13 year old, needed to lose weight. And that is just mind boggling to me. Like that is crazy. So from there, I was like, my mom had a store growing up. As I started working there throughout high school, I noticed so many other girls have the same problem. So my thing was like, if I'm hard on my body and I feel this way, or I feel there's a lack of representation for me, other people feel the same. Other women feel the same way. So from there, it was like, let's write this book that educates women on the influence of where we get this mentality from, the process on how it affects us, whether that's mental health, eating disorders, and so on and so forth, and how that just affects every area of our life. And then the third was actually the acceptance of it. So okay. accepting ourselves, accepting what we see in the media and not letting that relate on ourselves, the education of it and educating yourself on the plastic surgeries, the right. like different eating regimes and, yep. and health regimes and how toxic they are and really becoming aware of that. So that's what my book represented. And essentially so cool. it was a photo essay book. Okay. There was writing, there was a lot of writing in it as well. But I literally focused on many photo essays that broke down whether it's like cloning and it was like... A, um, and it was like a model who kind of represented Kim Kardashian and it was literally okay. I cloned the model and how is everyone so is becoming sick. clone society or it was right. literally uh, I had like a girl dress up as Barbie and literally shot her wrapped up and bruised in like cosmetic right that is such a creative way products, to like right? so showcase that there was a lot of different ways I showed it and then towards the end of the book I actually did a social experiment in the middle part about my last chapter of the middle section and that was on the process of it okay so how I literally used um disposable cameras for the whole year and every time I went out with my girlfriends I we used the cameras getting ready eating drinking okay like uh whether it was daytime nighttime with family without family and they didn't know what I was doing they were they just thought I was just collecting polaroids so at the end of it it was to show that when you're not focused on what you look like what you're eating what you're doing you essentially have the best time and you look the best doing it because when you feel good you look good right and it all comes from within that is such a cool personal element to the book I think too right like to add that in at the very end to be like this is what like my whole MO was you know the entire time which is super cool yeah I love that so how did you come up with the name unlabeled that's like it was like a merge in in the process decision. so um lots happened since the name of labeled but i would say i had no idea what to name it right so on my actual paperwork or i guess my research it was actually just unlabeled because oh i was sitting with gosh. my director every week i didn't have a title the title was the last thing i came up with sitting with ex-partner we're just sitting there i'm like i don't know what to name the name the book going back and forth he's like let's he's like just go with unlabeled right he's like it sounds good it works so unique he, yeah yeah like besides everything else he's very very smart he was he's very good at marketing so yeah. that was like I was like okay I don't know if I love it though and then it kind of just from him pushing it my mom pushing it my director heard it and it, it like everyone just kind of made sense it made sense right so from there I learned to love it and it, it honestly I can't imagine it being named anything else right now yeah. for 
the benefit that it's done for so many women up until for this sure. point. Yeah. No, that that's so it's it's really cool that like it catapulted you this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what is the messaging on your website per se to like someone who doesn't know? What is the messaging you um, in a short little blurb of like what you want to provide from the label? What does it mean to you? For me, unlabeled essentially means to be unapologetically yourself. And people can take that in any form that they want. Right. I essentially me telling somebody what unlabeled means is placing a label on it. Right. And the point of the brand is to remove that. So a lot of people take it in a way where it's like, oh, you just did a shoot, there's designer items, it's unlabeled. Okay. But in my perspective, for me, being unlabeled is being whatever you want to be. Like dressing how you want to dress, loving your body the way you want to love it, doing what you want to love, and not caring what people think in the process of that, right? Creating your own definition of beauty. And now I'm learning that it's not just with women. Men are affected too and feel the exact same way. So as we're slowly continue to, me and my partner, rebrand and grow Unlabeled, we are taking into account all these different aspects. And the most important part of Unlabeled to me is to be inclusive, diverse, whether that's involving like sexuality, body type, ethnicity, yeah. it's to do that without saying that we are that. Right. So that's in my the branding. Kind of. Yeah, my yeah. branding, my marketing. It's to really showcase that without having to put in people's faces that we are that. Because right. I feel in the industry, people try to do that a lot of times. Like yeah. even like huge, huge publications, they they say that they are inclusive and they want to keep saying it without just being it. Right. And I think with our brand, our, our, our mission, we are that. Right. And I, we've been that since the beginning. It wasn't something that we have to sit down and think about. It's something How that we get there for We're me there. when I'm doing a casting for a shoot, it comes naturally to me. Right. I don't have to sit and be like, oh, are we inclusive? No, it just happens right. all the time. And I'm very lucky that I've had a great team yeah. and support system and the people in my life to get me to this point that the brand 100%. has become that. I'm actually wearing unlabeled sweatsuit right now just so you guys know matching set just wanted to throw that out there so when going into fashion how did you make the decision on creating a brand and working for one why would you why did you choose one or the other instead of going to work at like oak and fort or ritzia for example so i did do that okay where did you work i was at saint laurent Okay. Okay. So originally graduated from school, got a full-time job, St. Laurent right away. Okay. Okay. Um, good friend of mine was a director. I had a really good position, like great team was doing really well, but like something was missing. And everyone in who worked with me said to me, like, Natalie, like you need to do something more. Right. How I spoke to clients, how I would make people feel when they were shopping. For me, it's, it's like a natural a natural thing to like make people feel good about themselves. And I hate negative self-talk, even yeah. though I sometimes fall short, short of so it. So do I. <laughs> um, so when I hear it around me, I'm the first one to remove it, push it, like yeah. clear it. And, and it was a girlfriend of mine, Julie, and she sat down, she was my assistant director. She looked at me and she's like, you need to do something more. Yeah, more to this. So yeah. I brought her, I brought my book to work because they all wanted to see my thesis. So I brought this book to work and um, they're like, what is wrong with you? Like make this a brand yeah like turn this into a brand like not just a clothing brand like make it a lifestyle brand yeah and I think from there like I went home talked to my parents and they're like well continue working because you're doing well and you're not going to have access to funds like that and then go into unlabeled right it happened way faster than I thought right like I started putting so much effort into building unlabeled I 
was get, being late, like getting like, getting to work late. Wasn't prepared. Wasn't keeping up with my clients. Like right. wasn't answering my second. Like I was a disaster at work. Yeah. So from the, like it just like you know what I have to do this if I have to suffer a little bit. It's worth it yeah. in the end. And I think like passion is the most rewarding like it to me was more than getting that paycheck right. at the end of the two and weeks, that's literally right? what i was going to say is mm-hmm. i feel like when you are an entrepreneur and you have your own brand yeah whatever it may be the podcast for example too like you have that passion that drive for it yeah. so it doesn't matter what the income is or what how much money you're making from it yeah. you might not make making any money at all yeah. as long as you love it and that's what you want to do like that pushes people forward into like creating their own yeah. brands i find and i think from there once i started doing what i loved and at first it was hard because I was questioning myself too. Like, this is not the right decision. People don't do this. People work first, get experience years later, create. And I was like putting all these like limitations on it almost. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, you just weren't sure you were, you were good yeah, enough. Yeah, and like, I was like, well, nobody yeah. else did this this way. Right. And I didn't realize at the time that I can just essentially make my own rules and do and what I like. And it took me, yeah. yeah, and it took me so long. So I was even feeling hesitant in this way even when I launched the brand. And then once you just start doing what you love, like everything just kind of, you like lose people you love, things come into place. Yeah. Like it, you just realize how your life really does come together yeah. in a way. And it, like yeah. people who are not meant to be on that path will not be there. So I think with Unlabeled, it really it didn't, It's the messaging doesn't just shape the people I'm trying to target. It it really shaped me, which is why I'm so close to the brand. Yeah, that's so amazing. Yeah. I love that. So getting into the clothing aspect, so you guys have a lot of basics and some like going out as well. What like what catapulted you into choosing what the clothing was gonna look like? So originally I before the pandemic, I did not do loungewear. Personally, okay. I was always the dramatic one. I love dressed, the loungewear. It's so comfy. Up. Yeah. Like I was always the one like to be over dramatic. So my thing was to dress different styles of women. Uh, like size from extra small to 3x. Yep. Um it was it was actually more in like I guess a dressier, like more formal design like that's where those are the vendors I was targeting. And that's another thing I started with vendors and now we're like completely into our own design. So that's crazy too. But that was essentially the goal. The pandemic hit and it's like, okay, I have all this product. Let's try to sell it. Right. One lockdown led to another lockdown and I'm doing simple loungewear just to kind of make ends meet at that point. And it honestly did extremely well. From there, I'm like, you know what? This was in January now. No, no, no. This was now November. I'm like, I let's do something a little different. So we started doing boxer sets. By fluke, came across a sample, got got one order in, didn't love the sizing. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to find my own manufacturing. Found my own manufacturing, did my own sizing. And now the boxer sets are sized extra small to 2X. 2x but they fit up to a 3x because of the okay. stretch yeah did my own ribbed fabric like really worked on customizing those i'm like if we can do this we can do so many other yeah, things for sure. um from there we ended up doing our last launch which is no label club yeah and that was something yeah. that sits so close to me because it is 80 percent cotton um they are made locally like they were locally sourced like those are all things that are so important to me when designing clothing yep. um they fit up to 2x as well and they're unisex. And I love that. That's We're awesome. being gender neutral. Yeah. So going forward, um, we will probably continue to stick to our formal yeah. designs. Makes sense. Like, though, yeah. We love having a basic side, but it's not who the brand is. Right. Our goal is to make statements and um, and everyone's doing, like loungewear is so common right now. Oh, yeah. Right? No, so everyone's doing it's, loungewear. It's good. Yeah. It helps 
it's, I think that was the best move for you in the moment. Yeah, it right? was. And now it's like, let's, for example, the label club was a way to do loungewear that expressed the brand. Yeah, exactly. And for that, like, loved it. It brought so many people together. Probably my most, 100% my most successful launch to date. Like, That's amazing. The, Congrats. Even the shoot we did, that... I saw that, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of, of effort we put into that too. Like, getting the school insurance for that, grabbing models for that. That was such a fun day. All those shots, like, we did not... Pl- like, we planned the day, but didn't plan the day. Right. So, I... like, And the thing is, who was late? Who didn't show up? Who didn't have time for hair and makeup? And for some reason, everything just worked. That's amazing. And everyone had so much fun. Like, who, like we ended up just staying, eating after, like, yeah. hanging out, laughing, and, like, the best way to do a well, shoot. I, I think that Unlabel's more of a community, right? Like, yeah. that's what it is. And that's that's exactly what's actually in my business plan, is... is a community and even <laughs> that's even my partner's biggest goal is yeah. to create a com- community and for us it's like it's a lifestyle brand yeah it's it's instilling the our mission in your everyday lifestyle right which makes total sense yeah so from there obviously a brand is more than just design there is social promotion how do you manage all of it at um, the same time I have a good team. <laughs> yeah. Because we have the um, same thing here, right? Like it's a lot. Nothing. It's yeah. a moving part. And labeled yeah. is nothing without its team. Um, that's for sure. However, we do work together. Me and my partner are very hands-on and all the decisions. That's extremely important. I think no matter how much you grow or how many responsibilities you have, it's important to be hands-on in everything and ensure your team feels that they are just as important as you are in the brand. And yep. that's always so important to me is making sure everyone feels included, whether that's a model on a set or one of my in- interns doing social media. Now we have a full-time, um, her name's Sydney. She's doing all my social media. Okay. She's, I would call her like social media manager because there's so many things I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, I used to do social media management throughout university. That's and so now I feel like so many things have changed. Like everything's changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm only 25, so I can't imagine. Yeah, like, too. So she just like, takes it on, underdoes it, and yeah. puts it together, and she's she's so good. Um, I did have another part-time um, intern as well. Okay. She was great with the feed, putting things together. She helped out a lot too. Her, she's now done, but honestly. How did you find these interns? So Sydney, both of them came to me. Okay. I did know them like through the years. I was actually Sydney's TA. I was oh, a, I wow. taught Chanco cool. Scuolo when she was 16, and then she reached out to me. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so another question that I saw on your website that really sparked my interest is the sustainability in the packaging. What kind, what pushed you in that direction? Because not a lot of brands choose that and don't really care, right? So what is it that made you guys want to go that route? I think throughout university, my professors even always push sustainability. Okay. And then for me, it was like, okay, it's important. Re- and then real, like moving to Europe, sitting back and realizing that they don't, being working for that magazine, it was everything is around our environment, our earth, right. protecting where we live, making that a part of your everyday life. So sitting back and realizing that fashion is one of the worst industries yep. for that um, and realizing that our footprint can we can if we're one brand reducing our footprint, we can make a difference. Yep. And like I said before, making a difference in any part of the industry is important to me. Right. So if I can I know everyone's like you're don't like bite more than you can chew type of right. thing. But for me, it's like recycled packaging, uh, maintaining our footprint in the store, seeing what we can do to just reduce um like I guess all the garbage we're using already yeah. makes such a difference for a brand. If totally. we're going to continue to grow, I want to make sure that's instilled in the brand as well. Yeah. Also, I just think it's a really good marketing tactic to have reusable packaging. 100%. So for me, it's like 
killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. I'm essentially helping the environment and I'm helping the brand at the same time. Yeah. Why would I not go that route? Right. Well, so sustainability is such a big thing. And I work for, um, clients like clothing clients at my marketing yeah. agency. And like, it's one thing that everyone's trying to get on board with now. Yeah. So I think it's really cool that you guys have already started that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause you're kind of like a step ahead of everyone else because yeah. brands are now looking at sustainability as like, holy shit, we need to get on this train because that's what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Right. I also focused a lot on trend analysis um, throughout university. So I think now when I sit down and think about ideas for the brands or researching the brands, I can tell you right now, like in the next five years, if you're not a sustainable brand, you're probably not going to, you'll do well, but I think brands that are going to make it to top tier and have that that higher end reputation or that better reputation in the industry it's going to be a sustainable brand. And I think too, like the demographic that clothing companies are targeting are like now Gen Z, Gen C, the younger generation. And they're all about sustainability. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to buy something unless it's vegan. I don't want to buy something unless it sustains the planet. Like what is it? They just want to get their hands on everything that's sustainable. Yeah. And that's something I'm also working on in the actual manufacturing process. Okay. So, um, my partner does all our designs and manufacturing. She's absolutely amazing. And she's really, she's better at me than I just like read up on it and understand yeah, yeah. it. But she's the type where she's like, this is the right fabric. This is the process. Yeah, They're cool. using less water They're So all those things that I don't necessarily understand. And then now I'm actually hiring on a um, sustainable coach because okay, cool. I think it's important. A sustainable brand has to have an expert yes. on the team, whether it's part-time or full-time. But I, I just think to, in order to stay your sustainable, you need to have somebody who that's understands a really it cool fully. Thing. That's cool that you just said that because that's exactly what we're dealing with at work too, with yeah. our clients. It's like, you need to have someone who knows yeah, exactly what they're talking about. It, right? it essentially helps your reputability, right? Yeah. So how can I say I, I have, okay, yeah, I took a few courses in school, but I didn't major in it. Right, right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know everything on it. I can research and learn, but at the same time, I'm also running all the marketing, the social, the PR. Yeah. I just, job. yeah, yeah. It, I don't think I would even be the right person to say yes or no to a certain fabric or a manufacturer. Right. right? So I think having him now join the team, um, like whether it be like during our big meetings or design meetings, it's going to bring the brand that much further. Yeah. For sure. So, what yeah. has been the most challenging part of your experience of building the brand? Do you think if you could pick one thing that really like could have set you back or made you feel like you weren't going to be successful, like what would it be? Um, I don't want to blame COVID, but <laughs> COVID, you were the problem. Um, oh no. Another thing I think in the beginning was doing everything on my own. Okay. Minus yeah. the pandemic. I think even without the pandemic, that was a struggle is doing everything on my own and not almost like admitting I needed help. Yeah. So, which I think is easy to do though. Mm-hmm. When you have your own brand and it's your baby, I think that's super easy to get caught up in. Like I yeah. want to do everything. I have that problem. It's really yeah. bad. Like we have a social media intern too, but I like to have my hand in that cookie yeah, jar that's, too. That's, you know that's what I mean? That's my thing so. too. Like I can't, I can't not approve a layout. Yeah. And then I change it probably every three days. And I, I don't know how my intern didn't call me and yell at me. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, part, it's, it's you, it's right? learning like the brand to, is you. yes. And learning to trust the people around you because they want the brand to succeed just as much as you right. do. Very true. Right. So that was really, really important to me learning that. Like my partner came to me a month after Unlabeled, like turned into like officially launched. And she's like, let's sit down, let's rebrand this. Like, I want, I want this. Like, I believe in Unlabeled and I want this right. more than you do. Essentially is what she said to me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll figure it out. Once it's at this certain level, we'll do it. At this level, it'll yeah. do it. But if we keep like if we like me and her on my own, if I just kept waiting for 
that goal in my mind, I was never going to get there. So now sitting down and realizing, you know what, Sam, now's, now's the time. It's yeah. the time to do it. And she was like, let's do it. Like she yeah. literally is, I could not ask for a better person by my side That's the people you need. to overcome these challenges. For because sure. even let's say with the pandemic and everything that did happen, it was like, let's find a solution, solution to the problem. Even though she was still working full time, she was always like, calling me, checking up, giving me ideas, helping me out. Like she was always like my right hand in a sense where she helped me through these, these challenges. Yeah. Which is amazing. So then what would you say your most rewarding part of the job has been so far? No label club. Like what would you, if you could pick one rewarding part of the job is hearing everyone's feedback Okay, and how it's changed people's lives. Yeah. Um, the day I launched, so because we were in lockdown, I could not shoot more than one model at a time. So I was like, how am I going to do a launch campaign? Because in my head, I wanted this huge group shot. I wanted all these things. I'm like, you know what? Let's do model casting. Right? So I was like, model casting, I can easily shoot one girl at a time. I can shoot her on Polaroids. And essentially, my launch will be a build, like a board, like in the back room of like a fashion show where you see all the models and their names. That's And like, you know, and then my thing was, you know how they're always based on their name, their weight, their height. Remove that. Right. There, there's no need for that. Yep. Our modeling casting were all my real good friends, people I met. Like one girl, I saw her jogging. And she's absolutely amazing. I'm so proud of her now. She's actually signed to the modeling agency now. That's amazing. I literally saw her jogging down my street. I'm like, what's your, like, who are you? Hi. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> I'm like, you're, you're gorgeous. She's like, ah, uh, I'm Maya. I'm like, okay, I need you to model for me. It was really funny. Yeah, that's awesome. From though. there, she like used those photos and like, she was already like being scouted prior to that anyways. Right. I'm just very grateful and lucky that I got to, I got to use her right. before no one has access for sure. to her. Because now she's like this hot commodity. She's doing amazing. That's awesome. So that was like essentially what I was like, you know what? Let's do that. So doing that, launching that campaign, everyone was like, holy shit, I see myself. I can right. look and see a girl who looks like me. And when you're reading, like me, I'm five one, like one, I'm short, two, I've, I'm, I'm always going to be curvy. Like that's just my body type and I've learned to love that. Yeah. So I, it's very rare you see my body anywhere, right? So for me, it was like, wow, looking at my brand, I see girls that look like me. Right. And I even had one of uh, an influencer, I actually met her on exchange. She said that in a video. She's like, I looked at the brand and she's like, I've never seen girls who resemble me. And that was the most rewarding. It's so real, right? Like that's what hits home for people is like finding people like models that look like you because that will catapult your brand. They're real, they're real people, right? Like real, like achievable, like achievable. They're like natural beauty, like learning to accept who you are. And unfortunately, because of what social media taught us, you need to, it needs, you need, your brain needs to be familiar with it to think that it's acceptable. So that was my thing is, is doing that. And then aside from that is my models never met each other. I shot them all one at a time, right? They never met that week of the shoot. I, they were all posting each other, commenting. Even now, I think even a few of them have become really good friends. And I notice even now they're still commenting, supporting each other. And that was huge for me that these women who's from like different areas, who's from Toronto, who's from Markham, who's from like all over the GTA. And now these girls know each other because of Unlabeled. Like I, and that brings it back to the community side though, right? Like you're literally creating in my business plan. It's a, it's five years down the line. To, right. to have this social aspect to the brand. But it just happened on its own. And I like that day, I would literally remember sitting at the condo in shock. I was like, oh my God. So cool. How do these girls know each other? Right. 
And I'm like, it's because of Unlabeled. And that for me was the most rewarding feeling. That's amazing. And I, I, we're going to kind of end this episode with like, what is the ultimate goal for Unlabeled? You guys have your own store. Would you guys want to be, would you guys ever go into other retail stores or what is the plan with that? Right now we are in the middle of a rebrand due to, we've had some like issues with people ripping off the brand out in the States. Nice. That's really great. Um, so we've dealt with that now agreement. We've decided we will be rebranding slightly just as it just benefited us for better, like more to do that. Right. So for us, um, can't say too much, but yeah, we don't, can't don't say spill like, the beans. Like for, for me, my goal would be to be sold out of retailers okay. once we've finalized our, like all our designs, our manufacturers and, and kind of like the grow from there. there. Yeah. yeah. That essentially be it. And honestly, we would love to have like a social networking um, program cool. with, yeah. for youth development, education. Like that's really a goal of mine personally. And I know my partner, it feels just the same way. And she's right beside me through that. So that's so sick. Yeah. But I, I am like so excited to see how this brand grows. Thank like you. I've been a fan for the last couple of years. So like, it's just, it, this is really cool to have you on the pod, you know? So yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of It's Really Fine Pod. And thank you, Natalie, for coming on and sharing your story and your brand. And you guys can check them out on Instagram. We will link it and we will be back next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.